Grace, mercy, and peace to each one of you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Would you please bow your head with me? Dear Father, you have promised in your word that when your word goes forth, it will accomplish that for which you sent it. We pray now, keep your promise. In Jesus' name, amen. Please be seated. Almost forgot to say that. In a good action movie, there is no mistaking who the villain is. When you watch the original Star Wars episode, you know right away that Star, I mean, sorry, that Darth Vader is a bad guy. And when a movie is well done, the suspense will build, and at times it will seem like the villain is going to win. By the way, speaking of villain, you might have noticed in the bulletin that my name is Tom Rank. And uh, um, I hope he's laughing right now. <laughs> um, okay, just kidding. Um, there was a uh, little mistake there, and it could be my fault. might not be my fault, but <laughs> whosoever's fault, there was a little mistake. And it's not Tom who's speaking, it's Doyle. So anyway, but speaking of villain, back to villain, doesn't it feel good when the resolution comes and the bad guy gets what's coming to him? Doesn't it? There's something inside of us, a sense inside of us, that senses when injustice has been done and cries out for justice to be done. And you know what? That sense is not just in you and me. It exists in God also. And because he has a perfect sense of justice and because everything he created and everyone he created belongs to him, he has appointed a day when he will stand us before him and he will pronounce judgment for, on, upon us and, and upon every living person and every person who has ever lived. This moment is described for us in our gospel lesson for this morning that's found in the gospel according to Matthew, chapter 25 and beginning with verse 31. And there are two verses printed in your bulletin, but we're going to go beyond those two verses and read the whole thing. And uh, here is where we start, verse 31. But when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne. And all the nations will be gathered before him. And he will separate them one from another as the shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. Now let's stop for a moment and reflect on this. On that day when Jesus comes back, it says he will sit on his throne in glory. And the angels will be with him. All the nations will be gathered before him, it says. Now, if you read earlier in Matthew, back a few chapters, you will find that on that day, God will send forth his angels and they will gather people the way and gather people to him the way that farmers gather their crops in. 
We will all be gathered before him, and no one will be able to refuse. All will be gathered in, it says. Now verse 33. And he will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. By the way, notice also something else, that, that on that day there is, there is no deciding who will be a goat and who will be a sheep. They are already goats and sheep. Jesus simply separates them, right? They're already goats or sheep. And there's no in-between. There are no geeps on that day, no half goats and half sheep. You're either a goat or you're a sheep on that day. The division, in fact, could already be made right now. As we are living right now, the world can be divided into goats and into sheep. How does one, let me say it another way, how, what makes one a goat or a sheep? And the answer to that question is actually so simple that it is, that it is apt to be overlooked. It is so simple, it is simply this. The sheep are those who believe Jesus. They believe him when he says who he is, that he is God the Son. They believe his word. They believe him when he says uh, what he came to do, which was to deliver mankind for this purpose, he said, I came into this world, right? To deliver mankind from what? From God's judgment on this day. Came to deliver us from our sins and from the penalty of our sins. The people who believe him, people who repose their trust in him and what he said he would do, that he did what he said he would do, that he did deliver them from their sins. Those people are the sheep. It's that simple. And the goats are those who do not believe him. It is no simpler than that. And so on that day, everybody's gathered before him, billions upon billions of people. And then Jesus speaks. And he speaks, we begin with verse 34, and he speaks to the sheep. Then the king will say to those on his right, come you who are blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Let's stop again for just a moment because I don't know if everybody caught that. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you. It's an amazing thing. You may consider yourself to be a nobody. Other people may consider you to be a nobody. But on that day, you are royalty. And the Bible says you will reign with Christ. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you, he says. Not only that, it's been prepared for you, waiting for you from the foundation of the world. Isn't that amazing? You are royalty in God's eyes. Now that is, that is something I cannot imagine. Me, who has so seldom even been a worthy subject on this earth, he's going to allow me to rule, to rule with him in heaven? Yeah. That's grace, my friends, giving us what we don't deserve. 
and you too will rule with him, the Bible says. So now, if you'll recall, Jesus is sitting on his throne, and this is judgment, but he's already rendered the verdict. The verdict is, you're a sheep or a goat. That's the verdict. But now, in a courtroom, there always has to be evidence, and the evidence isn't for God. God can see your heart. It's for all the people gathered there. And so now he presents the evidence, and we move on. Okay? Verse 35. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. Naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. That is the evidence. In other words, these are sheep acting like God's sheep. That's the evidence. That's what sheep do. And notice these works. These are not the big things, right? These aren't, right? These aren't the, the people who go out and convert a thousand people. Small things. Small things. And, and look at what the people say then in response to this. Then the righteous will answer saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you drink? And when did we see you a stranger and invite you in or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? They don't even know they did it. They're surprised by this. Isn't this an amazing thing? How can it be that they are so surprised by this? Well, because when they are serving the Lord, their mind is not on themselves. They're not keeping track of what they do. They're serving the Lord. Their mind is on him. Their mind is on his people whom they are serving. So they're not keeping track. And the king will answer and say to them, Truly I say to you, to the extent that you did it to one of these brothers of mine, even the least of them, you did it to me. Now he turns his attention to those on the left-hand side. And he says, to those on his left, depart from me, accursed ones, into the eternal fire which has been prepared for the devil and his angels. Boy, that's a scary sentence, isn't it? Depart from me, you accursed ones. Notice something else about this passage. That although the destination of these people is hell, it does not appear that hell was intended for them. It appears from what Jesus said that hell was actually intended for the devil and his demons. And this says something about the depravity and the wickedness of human beings, doesn't it? In our native state, our natural state, this says something about us that we get the same punishment as the prince of darkness. I mean, in our native state, apart from Christ. And so this ought to motivate you and me to share the grace of our Savior with others because apart from Christ, this is what awaits everyone. Notice secondly about those on the left. They didn't do anything for Jesus. Listen to what he says. For I was hungry and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger and you did not invite me in. I was sick, I was, I'm sorry, excuse me, naked and you did not clothe me, sick and in prison and you did not visit me. 
And then they themselves also will answer, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry, or thirsty, or a stranger, or naked, or sick, or in prison, and did not take care of you? And he will answer to them, saying, Truly I say to you, to the extent that you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. Notice how similar their answer is to those of the sheep. They give pretty much the same answer, except that in their case it is an attempt to justify themselves. Well, Lord, if I had only seen you sick, I would have, I would have taken care of you. If I'd only seen you in prison, if I'd known you were there, I surely would have gone to visit. And, uh, of course, that doesn't wash with the Lord, does it? Now, the story ends with verse 36. And these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. My friends, above all else, this is what is important. We stress out about all kinds of things, right? We stress out about tests. We stress out about, about uh, well, relationships, all kinds of things. But compared to this, Everything else is relatively unimportant. What is important is this. It is Jesus, and he is your savior. He alone is worth the dedication of your life. Amen.